You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Just win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team, Just every win. day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash. With a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache, he growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. And the trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? What is happening? It's the Locked On Raiders podcast. I'm your boy Q, the host, at your boy Q254 on Twitter. Today is Wednesday, so you know what that means. It's a crossover Wednesday episode. That means we're going to take a look at the L.A. Chargers. Obviously, the Raiders have played the Chargers once already this season. Did not come out with the W. The game was kind of close, but not really close, and the, the Raiders took a loss. So, see what the Raiders could do on Sunday. Not feeling really good about their chances just based off their their last performances they've had the last few games. Matter of fact, the last three or four games. But, hey, either way, it is all good. It's another Sunday coming up. And, again, since it's the Locked On Podcast Network, every single Wednesday we do the crossover edition. And so today I'll be talking to Locked On Chargers Podcast hosts Daniel and John, and we'll be talking about the Raiders Chargers Sunday at the Coliseum. That's going to be coming up in segment number two, possibly segment number three, depending on how long it goes. If that does not go both segments, two and three, then I'll have some more calls off that Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line in segment number three. I'll do the crossover interview with Daniel and John in segment number two. And in segment number one, I have a question I'm going to pose to you. But before I get to that question, I want to give you a few news and notes coming out of Oakland has to do with the silver and black, and it's nothing big. The rest of the news that's going to be coming out the next few days, the next few weeks, probably won't be anything outrageous. It really won't be. But uh, former Raiders defensive end Bruce Irvin uh, and the $3.8 million he had left on his Oakland contract went unclaimed on waivers. So uh, now he's a free agent. None of that is surprising. He's an absolute free agent. Uh, I'm, I'm looking for a place like Seattle to probably take him back, pick him up, and they'll have to pay the rest of his salary if they do that. But as for right now, the Raiders are on the hook for the rest of the $3.8 million unless another team picks him up. But uh, either way, he's no longer a member of the Raiders. That's just a formality. We talked about it before in great length. But uh, yeah, he went unclaimed on waivers again. Not surprised at all. And if I'm going to be a betting man, and I'm not, but if I was, I'd say Seattle's probably the best place he may land. Maybe Atlanta but that's kind of a long shot so we'll see but uh, yeah that, that's really the only news coming out of Alameda coming out of Oakland California having to do with the silver and black that actually had anything you know anything meaningful to even talk about on the podcast so that was the bit of news now I want to talk, I have a question that I have for you, and I want to pose this question. So uh, everyone on the Lockdown Raider podcast who's listening to this, uh, I want to open up the phone lines at 707-654-4693. I want your response to this. Now, you don't always have to just do it on the, on the voicemail line. You can always hit me up on Twitter as well, at your boy Q254. But this is a question that you might need the voicemail line just so you can explain your answer a little bit. This is what I want. Because a lot of conversation the past few weeks has been about Derek Carr. Actually, all season long has been about Derek Carr and is he the guy. And I know a lot of Raider Nation has, has different feelings. Some, yes, he's no doubt about it, the guy. Some, absolutely not, he's not the guy. Some, he might be the guy. It's just, it, it really, really varies. So what I want to know from you is simple. What do you need to see 
from Derek Carr the rest of the way in 2018 to say, okay, Derek Carr is the guy moving forward. Is there something he can do? Is there enough he can show you in 2018 to say, okay, he's the guy moving forward? Or are you already kind of like my mom is? My mom is ready to move on from Derek Carr. She texts me every game. It's like, I'm sick of Derek Carr. I wish he'd go. And she has no problem with me telling you that. She's not trying to hide it. I know she has no problem with me letting you know (laughs) that she's ready to move on from Derek Carr. I want to know what you feel about Derek Carr. We've had calls even this week saying that that's their guy. That's their guy. You got to give him some uh, time. You got the offensive line's not blocking for him. Okay, that's fine. Everybody deals with injuries. Everybody does not have a perfect offensive line. All the quarterbacks in the league. But somehow, a lot of these quarterbacks are getting it done. So, again, I want to know... What do you need to see from Derek Carr the rest of the way in 2018 to say, okay, he's the guy moving forward? Or at least, what do you need to see the rest of this year to say he can have 2019 as well? You know what I'm saying? Just to say that this is the guy moving forward. Or maybe he's not. Maybe there's nothing he can do right now in your mind that would make you feel like he's the clear-cut guy. I just want to pick your brain a little bit. I want to hear from you. I want to know your thoughts, and I want to know why. That's my question to you, Raider Nation. You know, he seems to be the biggest question mark that's still remaining. Look, Mac is gone. Cooper's gone. Bruce Irvin's already gone. Donald Penn will probably be gone. Marshawn Lynch, who knows if they're going to be gone. But really, the one big question, the one big question mark still remains on who is Derek Carr? Is he the franchise quarterback moving forward? Is he a placeholder? Is he just the guy right now? I mean, what, what is he? What do you need to see from him? That is a question that I really, really want to know, and I want to hear from you. Again, you can hit me up on that Raiders podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. Again, 707-654-4693. Coming up in segment number two, it's a crossover Wednesday on the Locked On Podcast Network, so I'm going to be talking to Daniel and John from Locked On Chargers, talking Raiders and Chargers Sunday matchup. But before I get to that, I want to tell you about my bookie. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people always ask me for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. They are the best bet this season, no doubt about it. They've been in the business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is very, very easy to use. You lay down some cash and win big today. I'm only going to recommend this service to my listeners because I know it's been good to other friends of mine and other listeners of mine. They're a great service. They've been around for a long time, so you can trust them, and that's a major, major key. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and any of you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each and every game so join now my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar use the promo code locked on capitals all one word to activate the offer visit my bookie online today that's my bookie and don't forget to use the promo code locked on all capitals all one word when creating your account to claim the bonus all right you play you win you get paid with my bookie segment number two is up next crossover edition with daniel and john from the locked on Chargers podcast you are locked on raiders your daily oakland raiders podcast part of the locked on podcast network Your team, every day. Welcome back, Raider Nation, to the Locked On Raider Podcast. Segment number two on the Wednesday edition, the crossover edition, so you know what that means. I got to talk to Daniel and John, hosts from the Locked On Chargers Podcast. This is just part one of our interview. Really good stuff right here. Talking some Raiders, talking some Chargers, talking some trash. It is all good. 
Here is part one of my interview with Daniel and John from the Locked On Chargers podcast. What is up, man? How are you feeling about this game this weekend? Well, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I'm not feeling good about any game the rest of the season. I'm just <laughs> I'm just not. I mean, it's crazy how a, a season has gone from being, you know, in the penthouse or look like you're in the penthouse to all of a sudden you're playing in the outhouse, man. And that's just exactly what the Raiders are doing. So I'm not very pumped up about it. But at the same time, it is still Raiders football. So I'm pumped up about it, if that makes any kind of sense. I'm ready for the game. I hate the Chargers. Want the Raiders to win. I mean, we just we know how it is as fans. We all know exactly what it is what what it means but uh after that performance against the 49ers on thursday on national tv i just don't know what kind of raider team is going to show up yeah and i don't find myself uh feeling bad for raiders very often but (laughs) that was a tough one to watch especially with some you know random guy nick mullins coming in and just lighting up the league but we have a couple of things we're going to talk about first i want to just talk about some general raiders things going on obviously you guys have a lot to talk about over there right now and then we're going to get into, you know, some of the matchup stuff, not too much into that, and then just what we think is going to happen in this game. But first I want to talk to you about something. We'll start on a positive note. I just want to know right now what it feels like to, I mean, yes, you, you didn't really get the refurbishing on this team. You've got a full-on rebuild right now is what it's looking like. But if you are going to rebuild, it starts with assets and draft assets and draft capital. I just want to know what it feels like over there in Raider Nation about having you know, possibly the first overall pick next year and then in total five first-round picks in the next two drafts. You know, I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting to a certain extent, but at the same time, it's like a nervous excitement. You know, have you ever had that nervous feeling where you're excited and pumped up about something, but at the same time, you're kind of nervous because, one, it could go really good. It could end up being really, really good, but then it could also go to hell really quickly. You know what I mean? It could be really, really bad if the, the wrong buttons are pushed or the, the wrong names are called. So it's one of those situations where you know what's in front of you. You know what the Raiders are probably going to have. Like you mentioned, there's a good chance they have the number one overall pick. We know that they're going to have at least a top three pick. I think we could all agree that they'll have at least a top three pick regardless of what happens the rest of the way. But the question is, like, the, it'll have the build up to the draft. You know, who's the hot player? Who's the guy who, who, who rises up the board? Who's going to be that playmaker? And are the Raiders going to overthink it? You know what I mean? So it's, it's one of those things. It's not just as simple as getting to Christmas and then you get to open up the gifts underneath the tree and, oh, wow, look, these are cool. It's you still got to make the right decision, and that's the biggest problem. This could turn out really good. It could be Jimmy Johnson and the Cowboys all over. Or it could just be what the Cleveland Browns did or what the Redskins did when they made big trades or the Rams when they made big trades and they didn't really get a lot out of it. The nervous energy is what me and John feel like every time the Chargers are up about 10 points. You know it could go really good, (laughs) but you still have that sneaking feeling that something's going to go really bad. Right, John? Oh, don't even remind me. The Seahawks game just did it to us. But you won. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> you do not know the feeling and the energy that was going on in that stadium to get all the way down to the one-yard line about to give up your 15-point lead with four minutes left and in the back of your mind knowing, oh, I had a feeling it was going to happen. Somehow we still won. <laughs> I know exactly where you're coming from. Believe me, it happens all the time. When the Raiders start looking good, they'll get out to a quick early lead, and then you just know, at least I know in the back of my head, this quick early lead is nice, but it ain't going to last. Oh, dude, it's more like, oh, okay, we have this game in hand. Okay, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's funny, man. You mentioned Caleb Sturgis being gone, released Monday, and there was a lot of outlets that, including my guy Eric Williams from ESPN, was talking about this move had to be made or Anthony Lynn was in danger of losing the locker room. Did you guys see it like that as well? Yeah, we actually just had Eric Williams on a couple weeks ago to talk about, hey, are they going to keep Michael Badgley as their starter before Caleb Sturgis came back from the injury? And, you know, he was right. He was kind of like, you know, it doesn't seem like they're that quick to give up Caleb Sturgis's job. And sure enough, he was right. They kept him in for the one game. He was back healthy. And I'm actually very glad that he did so bad that there was no other choice. I mean, and I think that was a big part of it is he couldn't leave any doubt in the coaching staff's mind that it was already given up and given him this many chances. It seemed like something disastrous had to happen before they would finally make a move. But there was a general consensus amongst the fan base and amongst that sideline that this move had to be done. I mean, you see Philip Rivers getting visibly agitated on the sideline as he's calling his own a two-point conversion or just getting visibly mad about missed extra points. I mean, you can't have that kind of person in your locker room and believe in your coaching staff has the will to want to win every single game because on the field, there was just no signs of that. Right, no no doubt about that. And that was always a mystery to me, man. I just never understood why the, the Chargers kicking game for the longest now seems like it's been so hit or miss and it's been a lot more misses, but... The Chargers are on a five-game winning streak. John, uh, how are you feeling with the five-game win streak that the Chargers are on right now? Second place in the AFC West. you got to be feeling pretty good. It feels nice to see wins, but it's only a five-game win streak. Only? I've, I've, seen te- <laughs> I've seen teams completely choke on this, and the Chargers are known for choking. I remember when the Broncos started out undefeated, and then they ended up going 8-8, eight and eight, and the Chargers took the division that year. Uh, it's only a five-game win streak, man. I'm still holding my breath because anything could happen with this Charger team. You, right when you get your hopes up, that's right when it just goes, oh, you got a season-ruining injury. So, yeah, enjoy the offseason. Daniel, come on. you gotta, you got to give me something new, something good, man. John, John sounds like he's down in the <laughs> ditch. He said only a five-game winning streak. Do you guys understand the Raiders have only won one game this season? And that was questionable. Daniel, you got to give me something. Yeah, I'm glad you get to see what I'm dealing with here on a daily basis. Because I mean, John is definitely the one that keeps us down to earth on this team. I mean, he said that both of these last two wins feel like losses. To me, they feel like wins, honestly, because the biggest part is is you're finding a way to win these games. Mm-hmm. You're finding a way not to lose these games. I know those kind of sound like the same thing, but the Chargers were terrible in one possession games the two terrible seasons they had where they had four and five wins, you know, consecutively. And most of that came down to how your record was in one score games. And the Chargers have excelled in that. They've won the last 11, now 12 games that they led going into the fourth quarter. And that has to be a huge bump for a team that really never had that confidence and didn't really have that winning, you know, mentality. I mean, now they've closed out games. Now you've had two games that have come down to a walk-off type of win. And I think that is huge confidence building, and they're about to wrap up this you know, extremely extended road trip, get back home. The one thing is, Q, is yes, they, the big question is, have they beat anybody? I mean, the Bills, the Raiders, are the Titans good? The 49ers, I mean, but you can only play who's on your schedule. Exactly. And with the only two losses for this team being the Rams, 
and the Chiefs and seeing what they're doing to everybody else around the league, it's hard not to be confident about this team. And it's hard not to think that this team has changed and has found a way to win these games that they've lost in the past. But, you know, if you're a Charger fan, it's always going to be a wait-and-see approach. You're never going to truly believe it until you see it come to fruition. I'll tell you right now, I long for the day where I could come on and say, hey, it's only a five-game winning streak, damn it. You know, the Raiders are only on a five-game win streak. I mean, look, pump the brakes a little bit, Raider Nation. It's only a five-game win streak. Please, let me see a five-game win streak. I'll be doing backflips. I don't care the style of wins. A win is a win. At the end of the season, when you look back, and if they go, I don't know, 10-6 and six overall, they're in the playoffs, they make a nice little run, are you going to care about the style of winning of those five-game winning streak? Hell no. You're just going to care about the W. Well, when your team sucks so bad that you just want to take anything, you would accept the five-game win streak. But over here, we kind of have been expecting a Super Bowl this year. Well, you ain't got no Super Bowl anyway. So, I yeah. mean, now let's not get a little overtime. Well, we're expecting it. This past off season, everyone's expecting the Chargers to make the Super Bowl. That was all the predictions. There's been a lot of Rams versus Chargers predictions in the off season. Yeah. Nobody was predicting the Raiders to be good, so... If you see a five-game win streak, you're like, oh, my God, we actually got one. Whereas with us, it's, okay, we expected that five-game win streak. We want the Super Bowl. Five-game win streak, okay, cool. Talk to me when we win the Super Bowl. I did pick the Chargers to win the AFC West. That was my pick to win the AFC West, but I thought that they were going to be competing with the Raiders. I did not think the Raiders were going to be 1-7 and through eight games, but then – you know, the Khalil Mack trade happened and then the wheels fell off of everything. So I can I have the right to take my, my vote back. And I didn't know the Chiefs were going to be as good as they are either. I don't think anyone expected that. I don't even think Kansas City expected that. But that's who they are right now. So that's why I picked the Chargers to be in that position. But five-game win streak, man, you can't be upset about that. I could go to sleep real nice on a five-game winning streak. There ain't too many teams in the league right now. Outside the Houston Texans who are on a six-game winning streak, there ain't nobody else on a five-game win streak. Yeah, and I think that's a big part of it too is that no matter how you end up winning these games, you're putting yourself in a position to where you get to figure it out on the fly. You get to make the adjustments while you're still winning, and you get to cut your kicker after he misses three kicks in a win. And I think that's the biggest part about winning these five games in a row because you have a four-game stretch later on in the season where you're playing Cincinnati, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Kansas City. So you need to collect all these wins whatever mm-hmm. way you can take them, yep. uh, you know, however you can get it because you're going to need all these wins later on in the season. And this team is hot, Q. I don't want to undersell what the Chargers have been able to do because everything's really been working for them. I think the one game they really struggled with was the game they didn't have Melvin Gordon. And I think with Melvin Gordon back this last week, you see what this offense can do. There are a couple question marks, but – Hey, six and two. This is the first time they've gone six and two since they were fourteen and two. So there's definitely a ton to be excited about. And I think that you know when we first met up, our two podcasts earlier in the season, we kind of commiserated with each other for kind of both having slow starts to a season in which we had higher expectations. Yes, both teams have gone in opposite directions by then. But now that you're seeing the Chargers go up against not teams named the Chiefs and the Rams. You see how good this team can really be. And with Phillip Rivers really just, you know, not being that total gunslinger that can throw you into games but also throw you out of games, I mean, you have all the reason in the world to feel confident that this team can make a run in the playoffs. And with all the drop passes against the Chiefs, 
feel good that they have a chance to beat the Chiefs as well. So uh, this is the best Charger team we've seen since that 14-2 and team. It might even be a more talented team than that one. When all is said and done, if you factor in Joey Bosa coming back from injury, the Chargers are full speed ahead right now with three, sorry Q, very winnable games <laughs> coming up on their schedule at a chance to go 9-2 and two on the season. So that was part one right there of my interview with Daniel and John from Locked On Chargers Podcast on this crossover edition on Wednesday on the Locked On Podcast Network. All across the family of podcasts, it is a crossover network, so it's a crossover edition. So all the, the shows are going to be whoever the opponent is on Sunday or whoever the opponent is on Thursday or whoever the opponent is on Monday. Either way, you get this crossover edition. It's always a lot of fun kind of coming together like butt cheeks on a uh, you know on, on the podcast it, it's a lot of fun so that was part one coming up in segment number three will be part two of my interview coming up next right here on the locked on raider podcast you are locked on raiders your daily podcast on the oakland raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team every day all right raider nation here it is Segment number three of the Locked On Raider podcast. This is part two of my interview with Daniel and John from the Locked On Chargers podcast. How concerned are you with Joey Bosa? He hasn't played all season long. I read that he's not going to come back now till December. Do you feel like, you know, he's going to come back and be the guy? Or do you think he's going to come back and be a guy that's going to be injury prone moving forward? Uh, I don't think he's going to be a guy injury prone moving forward. Um he definitely will be the guy when he comes back, but when he comes back, it'll be more of him getting ready for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. If if he comes back, it's going to be, let's get Boza back into everything, get the chemistry right, so that when it comes to playoffs, we're even better than we were before. And then with Joey Bosa missing all these games, and yet we still have been having success, it shows you that the defensive linemen we have have improved. They're getting better and they're getting playing time and experience, which is what you need in the playoffs. Because if you look at Bill Belichick and the Patriots, Belichick treats anybody and everybody as if they're going to be the starter that week, just in case something happens, they're ready. When they go to practice, everyone is practiced with the first string. Everyone's practiced with different formations, everything. The Chargers and other teams don't really do that that much, but the game experience that these defensive linemen have had is going to be crucial for the playoffs. You don't you don't have any concern, though, with the fact that when the injury was first talked about, well, for the first injury that he had was during the, the preseason and during training camp, and then that you know somewhat healed, and then he hurt his foot again, and it just seems like it's like one week to another, he's supposed to come back, then maybe he's going to come back in the bye week, oh, now he's coming back in December. None of that concerns you just a little bit? Well, it's the Chargers. They don't really know how to post their <laughs> injuries to anybody. And Wade will back me up on this. When it comes to injuries, they never actually are good at reporting what it is, how long they'll be out. Sometimes they keep it a secret, and you're like, where has this guy been? I haven't seen this guy. And then, like, four weeks later, oh, by the way, this guy broke his foot like five weeks ago. We just <laughs> never reported it. Yeah, I will back him up on that. And to answer your question, Q, it's super concerning and also very frustrating. I mean, as a locked-on Chargers show, I mean, we get questions every week. It was the first question we asked Eric Williams when we had him on the show, and we always get asked the same thing. Everybody wants to know what's going on with this. And, I mean, when it starts off as a, oh, he's day-to-day. Oh, he's going to be reevaluated at the bye week. Oh, now we're, we're giving him another month, but maybe if, if in two weeks he could play if we really needed him. All this team wants is some clarity on the situation. And the guy John's talking about or kind of alluding to is Kazir White, a guy that 
got minor surgery, uh, minor and air quotes that you can't see right now, and five weeks later, he's on injured reserve. What takes five weeks on that? So the Chargers as an organization have been very, you know, shrouded with their injury reports. It's hard to feel confident right now that Joey Bosa is going to come back. Yes, you do see the report, so you have to remain hopeful, but I think your question is legitimate on whether, I mean, he will come back at all this season. I mean, the good news is they just said that he was experiencing a little bit of pain, and the doctors told him, okay, hey, that's normal. That's part of the rehab process. But, I mean, the last thing any Charger fan wants to hear right now is Joey Bosa's feeling pain in a foot that he's already been held out nine weeks for. Right, exactly. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things. And, you know, now his brother Nick Bosa is going to be coming into the league. And, you know, you've already talked about the Raiders having the first overall pick or potentially having the first overall pick. And, of course, Nick Bosa is a guy that a lot of folks, uh, you know, are high on and think that he should go number one overall. But I'm telling you, and you can, you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong or not even correct me, you can just tell me your thoughts is the fact that, one, I'm a little concerned about the Bosa family, uh, especially his dad. And uh, I'm also a little concerned with Nick as well. He looks like he may be a little injury prone. So I'm kind of, eh, maybe want to stay away from the Bosa, the Bosa family in general and go in another direction. What, what, do you have any concerns with the family? And, and like I said, especially Pops? Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand it. I mean, yeah, Pops was a first-round pick. Ended up getting injured, I think, after his first season. Never really played. Now Joey Bosa, I mean, started his career off with an injury after he held out for a, a better contract or to get more guaranteed up front. And that's, hey, that's what a lot of fans are saying. Hey, is this why Joey Bosa wanted to get all that guaranteed money up front in that rookie deal? Mm-hmm. Because he knew there was some pre-existing injury, you know, possibly going on. And I think that's a legitimate question. I mean, now this is year three, and out of the out of all these seasons so far, He's already missed this many games. He's missed basically a full season out of his first three years. And, hey, he's not even back yet. It could be more like a season and a half when it's all said and done this year, potentially. I mean, I I would be more worried about the fact that Nick Bosa didn't think Black Panther was a good movie. I mean, (laughs) someone with that kind of questionable I mean, movie decisions, I think you have to automatically rule that out for the number one pick. But no, you're right, though. I think that there is a, a definite injury and, I mean, just total player concerns with this because obviously now he's holding out the rest of his, you know, college season to just focus on the draft. But I think there's a lot of question marks. And I, if I had the number one pick, even knowing what Joey Bosa can do, I'm not sure I'm pulling the trigger on Nick Bosa. That's exactly how I feel. I'm just I'm just not sold 100% yet. And, I mean, obviously there's a lot of time between now and the draft, and, and I can sell myself at some point. But right now, I'm just not that guy. Uh, you guys have any thoughts on the game coming up on Sunday? I can't wait to be there, man. It's the last time I'm get to go to a Chargers-Raiders game in Oakland. I've always wanted to do this. So my thoughts are it better be a win because – I don't know what me around a bunch of Raider fans after a loss is going to look like. Yeah, you better be careful out there, man. Where are you sitting at? You ain't sitting in the black hole, are you? I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I'm waiting for like oh, John, a ticket for that. the right price to show up on Vivid Seats right now. John, don't do that. John, don't do that. I like you, John. Don't do that, man. I, I want you to be okay. You know, I don't want you to go to the black hole and set yourself up for failure. Bring it on. <laughs> I have no okay. problem sitting in the middle of Alcatraz watching Raider fans be <laughs> mad that their team sucks. 
Yeah, well, you know the old motto, man. Might lose the game, but gonna win the fight. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's one way or the other, man. So uh, again, I, I can't protect you. You know, I, I can only do so much, my man. So uh, yeah, you better take care of yourself there. Do you guys think it's gonna be a blowout? Because right now the Raiders are 10-point underdogs at home. That's the biggest number that they've been underdogs uh, since 2014 when they lost to the Broncos 41-17. to They were 13-point underdogs at that point. You think it's gonna be a blowout on Sunday? I think, yeah, I mean, the most likely scenario is a blowout, but we're still talking about a division rivalry, and we're mm-hmm. still talking about the Chargers, who, guess what, where the Browns only win two seasons ago when the Browns literally couldn't beat anyone over a two-year span. Anything can happen, too. I think we all know that. Uh, I think Charger fans, don't bet on this game. Don't bet on any game with the Chargers. I mean, it's just you're setting yourself up for failure because the Chargers – Love to let teams hang in, Q. And, I mean, even that last game, I don't think the score really shows what that game was like when the Raiders and Chargers matched up the first time. I think it was actually a little closer than that made it seem, even though the Raiders never really got anything going. And guess what? They also let the Bills hang in for a little bit. They let the 49ers hang in at points. They only beat the Titans, who looked a little bit better, but – all of these teams, the Chargers have given a shot to come back in these games. So I think it will probably be a blowout, but, hey, anything can happen. You want to know a nice, interesting little stat here? Yeah, go well? ahead. Yeah, hit me. All right. So Wade brought up earlier that the last time the Chargers were 6-2 and two was when we were 14-2 and two in 2006. That's when your coach got fired, we happened, right? <laughs> we, all, we happened to also have the same exact schedule this year that we had that year. You know what else happened to happen that year? Your coach the got Raiders fired. Raiders went two and fourteen. <laughs> oh damn! Oh, uh, the the Chargers having this schedule might be a Raider curse. <laughs> yeah, taking no. shots on the way out. No, I, I apologize. No, <laughs> it's all good. I've said it a couple times though. But didn't your coach get fired that year? He did. <laughs> all three of them. All three of them. Exactly. Marty Schottenheimer, Cab Cameron. And one of the best defensive coordinators in the league, Wade Phillips, all fired at the same time over egos with the general manager who wants everything his way or the highway. And that's how Norv Turner came to the truck. <laughs> exactly. The former so, Raider coach. So, yeah, exactly. Former, yeah, he, he's not a good head coach. You know that very well. A good offensive coordinator, terrible head coach. But So don't get too excited about that schedule. It might turn into a 14-2 year, and you still might lose your coach. So don't. <laughs> if he had kept Caleb Sturgis, he definitely would have lost his job. So there it is. There it was, Raider Nation. Daniel and John from the Locked On Chargers podcast. Definitely appreciate their efforts. Definitely appreciate them jumping on, even though John talking a little bit of trash. It's all good. It's all love, man. That's what you're supposed to do when you're a Charger fan, man. You got to do something. He ain't got no, ain't got no rings to look at. He ain't got no trophies in the trophy case. So you know what I'm saying? It's all good. Get a little shot while my Raiders are down. It's cool. Sorry, Raider Nation. We'll hold it down a major way. No, but definitely appreciate those guys. Good dudes right there. Daniel and John do a hell of a job with the Locked On Charger uh, podcast. So uh, anytime you want to check in on what the Chargers are doing, you could definitely check them out. All right. So coming up. On Thursday's edition, uh, we'll have some more calls from the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. Uh, I'm hoping to hear from you, Raider Nation, about the question that I posed to you in segment number one. When I was talking about what you want to see from Derek Carr moving forward, what do you have to see from Derek Carr moving forward to know that he is absolutely the franchise quarterback? Or maybe you're already set in stone that, nope, there's no way, no how, no no can do. He's not that guy. I want to hear from you, Raider Nation. What are your thoughts? 707-654-4693. Until next time. Just win, baby.